On the subject of inspirational speeches and quotes, the moments when a coach maybe said just the right thing on the field or in the locker room to get you moving, the scene in the movie that had you out of your seat, maybe even the lyrics of a song that really pump you up. Loren, why have we been talking about this? Well, we referenced the fact last week Paul Stastny celebrated his 1,000th game and when he was talking about inspirational quotes and speeches, he did say Coach Paul Maurice gives what he calls uh, Winstel Churchill-esque type speeches in the locker room. And so we've been talking about quotes, movies, songs you mentioned. When it comes to songs, Brett, I'm not sure how many would be blasting jazz before a big playoff game. But when I woke up this morning, I kept hearing this. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a All new All right, so Greg, that's how I'm feeling. Fans and players alike hoping we don't go down an old road. It's a new day. I like the way you're thinking, and I appreciate the effort that you went to to bring Michael Buble on the air like that. And uh, for those that have never seen Jeffrey Forche in real life, he is a spitting image of Michael Buble. So uh, if you can find a picture of Jeff online, you can feed back at 780-6868. But now that I've gone on on a completely wild tangent, I think I'm comfortable bringing up the fact that the Jets haven't met the Oilers in the playoffs since 1990. And that 1990 playoff loss was one of six the Jets endured against the Oilers. It was by far the most painful. Our next guest remembers the games well. He wasn't just the sports director for Global, which was back then CKND. He also hosted the Jets on CKND broadcast. We say good morning to our good friend Joe Pascucci. Joe, how are you, sir? I am doing well. Hope all three of you are feeling well back in Winnipeg. So far, so good. Uh, we're lamenting the start times for games three and four in particular, uh, game four. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that further down the road here. As It was absolutely painful as painful could be for a fan and during the 1990 comeback that the Oilers uh, laid down on the Jets. Jets up 3-1. The Oilers win three straight to take that first round series in a year when the Jets had they got past the Oilers. I think a lot of people believe might have won the Stanley Cup and maybe changed the the course of Jets history forever. What was it like as a broadcaster? I know you do your best not to get emotionally involved in these things but it, it's somewhat impossible isn't it joe oh it's, it's extremely difficult and uh i was actually in uh, lake cowichan bc uh during game six i was doing uh, the pure later cup hockey broadcast and was watching the game and uh, dave randorf uh, formerly of sportsnet now doing the tampa bay hockey he was commenting to me about how emotionally I was getting involved in the game. And I said, well, I know how important this is for the people of Winnipeg for the Jets to finally beat the Oilers, you know. And so it was so heartbreaking, that Game 6 loss. And then, of course, in Game 7, that whole series. I mean, uh, I, I could do a whole day's worth of commentary on that series. But in the end, Bob Murdoch uh, cost the Jets uh, that mm-hmm. series uh, by the fact that uh, he – didn't play his hot goaltender, which was Bob Essenza, uh, in games uh, five and seven. And uh, a decision that still, like, boggles the mind. I know in Jeff Kerbison's, uh, Kerbison's uh, latest book on the Jets, uh, Bob told him that uh, Essenza was going to start game one of the second round series. <laughs> so Bob Murdoch caught the Jets in 1990. 
Is it fair, Joe, to keep looking back at decades-old playoff results? Uh, well, it, it isn't. It doesn't have any effect on this upcoming series, of course, with the the Jets and Oilers. But the, I mean, there are similarities. Uh, the Oilers, of course, except with in 1990, had Wayne Gretzky, uh, Mark Messier, and you know, just a gaggle of stars. And the Edmonton Oilers. Not as talented as that group from the eighties and uh, from the eighties, but you know, of course, Drysidle and McDavid—they're a handful, and they've been a handful for the Jets this season. And they can win a series, but you know, you can shut down a team, and the Jets have to be more disciplined going into this series. They can't keep turning the puck over at the blue line, and they've got to get in on the forecheck, put some pressure on the Oilers defense and and cut down that transition game don't get mcdavid started and uh they they have a chance i think they have a chance but of course it, it's it's difficult now when you, you know your best player this season your best forward uh nikolai ehlers is still questionable pierre luc dubois we don't know if he's playing uh paul staffney of course uh you know he had a little bit of an injury picked up there in that last game of the regular season so that's your second line going into the series and you're not sure if you're going to have any of them or all of them play. So when you look towards tomorrow, Joe, you talk about what we need to do. What's sometimes I know broadcasters and journalists were loath to make predictions, but what are you predicting for this series? I know looking back, we can look back all we want, but that's just the emotional attachment to the old days, so to speak. There's a future ahead here. So what do you, what do you think it holds for the jets? I think that if, I mean, it's, it really hinges on Connor Hellebuck. He's going to have to be the Vezina Trophy-winning uh, goaltender that he was uh, a season ago. I mean, his, he's he's had his um, questionable moments in the playoffs, um, and this season we've seen when you know, and it's and it's a habit for him when he comes wandering out of that net. Um, good things don't happen. Um, and so I think if he can keep, I mean, essence of sorry, I'm still thinking 1990. If he can keep Connor Hellebuck in the blue paint, keep him in the blue paint. I think the Jets uh, have a chance. It's really good that the number one line of Shifley, Wheeler, and uh, Kyle Connor, you know, have really turned it on in the last three games. So that is a positive sign. I think Mark Shifley, uh, you know. It did something this season, improving his uh, face-offs, and, and he's, uh, his stats went up considerably the second half of the season on uh, face-off wins. So I, I think that, you know, the number one line, you know, I think that they're getting hot at the right moment. We know that Adam Lowry uh, and uh, Appleton and Andrew Kopp, they can shut down uh, the McDavid and Dreisaitl line. But uh, Dave Tippett has the hammer because, you know, he can play Dreisaitl and McDavid on two different lines. So they'd be coming over the boards every second shift, right? And, and I think that might be too much to handle for the Jets. But I, I think that the Oilers, if they're going to win this series, it'll be in five games. If the Jets win this series, it'll be in six games.
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Mike Smith performs. He's been uh, lights out all year. I don't know if he can continue that. Uh, but I think you uh, misspoke with regard to Essenza versus Hellebuck, uh, Joe, because uh, Connor Hellebuck handles the puck about as well as Bob Essenza did. And so w- when people look back on the on the nine the nineteen ninety series in particular, and what happened in the lead up to that. Yeah, of course, it has zero effect on what's going on in today's NHL in 2021. But there are thousands of us who remember those series, who lived them. And it's about the psyche of the fans and the approach. And, you know, oh, my gosh, is Edmonton going to steal our opportunity again? And I think that's what it's all about. And and the superstitions that are involved. And really quick, we'll let you go. I know you weren't in the building for game six. Jeff Kerbison is going to join us on Thursday and we'll talk about broken ribs and popcorn and the, and the legacy of the best team to, to maybe never win the Stanley cup. Who was the PA announcer in the old Winnipeg arena in those days? Do you remember? Uh, Marcel Gauthier. Marcel Gauthier, right. And I can remember in game six, the jets were down three, nothing. They tied it at three. And at some point before Yari Curry scored the, the game winning goal, it was announced that tickets for game one of series two would be available after that night's game. And I yelled, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? And so I think that's what it ties back to for so many of us. It is the superstition. It is the feelings of the old days. We know these teams have nothing to do with what happened in the 80s and the 90s, but it's Edmonton versus Winnipeg in hockey. Yeah. And, of course, the Jets did beat the Oilers in the WHA in the two playoff series that they met. So there, it can be done. It can be done. Of course, Joe remembers the PA, who the announcer was. I have to tell you, having worked with Joe, you could go to Joe and say, Joe, I'm looking for video of the 1992. He just stopped, walks to the tape aisle, kind of combs his fingers through, pulls out a box and says, here you go, Loren. You have a recall like no other, Joe. Thank you for this. Uh, you're welcome. Anytime, Loren.